This morning, I want us to conclude our series called Rooted. You remember that the wall hanging uh, that was donated to the church kind of inspired or motivated uh, the, the series. As we look at the wall hanging, we can see the, the powerful tree and underneath the ground we see the roots and realize that it is the roots that give the life and the strength to the tree. So we've been talking about trees the last few weeks and this morning I want us to conclude uh, that series together. Uh, <clears throat> you, remember, you remember back when we used to watch TV and every week had its own story. Whatever the show was, it didn't really matter. You could watch one show and be satisfied. Remember those good old days? You know, now every show you watch, you got to watch next week to find out what happened. And then you got to watch next week and, they, and they, they suck you in, don't they? Well, I could live with that as long as they would tell one story for a season. But now they don't even do that. Now they get to the end of the season and they leave it on a terrible bad note. And there's something inside of us that hates to end on a, in a bad place. And so we set the DVR and we put it on the calendar and we make sure that we see that when it comes back out again the next season so that we're not stuck in that bad place, right? Well, I'm not going to do that to you. We're going to end our series in a good place. We're going to end our series in God's courtyard. We're living in God's courtyard. If you have your copy of scripture with you, look with me in Psalm 92. If you want to follow along in the Bible app, uh, you can find our event there under the menu. And uh, the message is all laid out there for you, uh, plus a, an extra reading. If you choose to do that through the week, we suggest a reading and there are other resources there as well. But we're in Psalm 92. And I want us to begin at verse 12 as we conclude our series with the idea of living in God's courtyard. Verse 12 reads, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. I want us to consider what it might be like to live in God's courtyard and what that looks like as we consider two trees. We consider the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon that have been planted in God's courthouse. Now, the idea here, of course, is um, uh, that the, the temple is, in their understanding, the very literal, physical dwelling place of God. This is his house. And, and in their minds, uh, in, in the psalmist's picture here, just outside God's house in his little courtyard, he's planted some trees. That would have been very common for them because in that day, in that time, many people had uh, next to their little homes or even sometimes right smack dab in the middle of their homes, they had little courtyards and they would plant the, 
the, the tree, sometimes an olive tree, sometimes a, a, a palm tree where they could get the dates or whatever it is. And so this was a common idea. And he's saying, if, if, if God's house is this temple, then just outside the temple, there is a courtyard. He plants his trees there. Imagine what a great place that must be for a tree. And he says in verse 12, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar that are planted in the house of the Lord. And so I want us to think about how that might feel, what that might look like to experience life in God's courtyard. And first, what we notice is that when we live in God's courtyard, we can flourish and grow. You can, you can flourish and grow. He compares the righteous to the palm tree that flourishes and the cedar that grows. It's interesting he uses that word righteous because that word has come to mean different things over time. Oftentimes when we hear the word today, it has negative connotations because we associate that word righteous with self-righteous. Uh, which, which kind of means uh, I think I'm better than you and I'm looking down my nose at you. And so righteous kind of uh, hits us on a, on a bad note. It, it has negative connotations. Um, it wasn't that long ago, really, uh, a few years back that, that righteous actually had good connotations. It was something cool. You know, you, uh, you, you do something neat on a surfboard or on your bike or on your skateboard, then that's righteous. You go, thank you, thank you so much. You go back farther. You go back farther to biblical times. And righteous means being right. It just means being right with God. And he says the righteous, those who are right with God, flourish and grow. And, and you know what I thought about as I, as I considered, how could I make sure that we get planted in God's courtyard? How can we be sure that we experience that? He says, this is only for the righteous. Well, as soon as I hear that only, the, the only people in God's courtyard are the righteous, well, then I realize I'm in trouble if I'm on my own. Because the Bible says, ain't none one of us righteous. On our own. Don't you love that grammar? None of us is righteous on his or her own. So, how in the world could we become righteous? How could we get into God's courtyard since there is no righteousness in us? The Bible says that the human heart is only wicked. And it says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How then could I be considered righteous? How can I get into, the God, into God's courtyard? Well, the answer is clear, isn't it? In the New Testament, we find out that Jesus died so that we could be made right. The scripture says that he became sin that we might receive his righteousness. Because he died, he paid for sin. When I trust in him, give my life to him, when I follow him each step along life's journey, he makes me what I cannot make myself. He makes me righteous. 
And it is because I have trusted in Christ, because I have received his grace, that now I can hang out in God's courtyard. And the righteous who hang out in God's courtyard, he compares to the palm tree. He says they flourish like the palm tree. This would have been the date palm. This would have been a, it's a very tall tree and it's got, it's got the very long palm branches. And up at the very top, kind of in between those big long uh, uh, palm leaves and palm branches, there's this big clump of fruit. The dates that hang in, in these clumps right up at the top. And he says, the righteous are like that, that date palm. You're flourishing, you're bearing fruit, you're full of life. It's interesting that these palm trees are also kind of evergreens. When you and I think of evergreens, we think of cedars and pines and, and, and you know, those kind of trees. These palm trees stay green, representing the fact that they are full of life. But, you know, if, if, if I could be considered one of those righteous, if, if I have a relationship with Jesus that, that allows me to experience His righteousness, I'm cleansed from my sin and I'm made right with God again. I'm, we're reconciled together. Then, then one of the things that happens is I get to flourish and grow. I flourish like a palm tree. And he says, I grow like a cedar in Lebanon. When you have time and you really want to you really kind of dig into uh, some interesting scriptures, do a search on the cedars of Lebanon. That phrase appears maybe a dozen times throughout Scripture, the, the cedars of Lebanon. As a matter of fact, the, the cedars um, of Lebanon are so tall and so strong and so beautiful and so old, they actually now are used as the emblem for Lebanon. The flag is a picture of a cedar tree. The, the cedars in Lebanon were known worldwide for their power, their strength. It was the cedars of Lebanon that, was that were used to build uh, David's palace. It was those same cedars that were used to build Solomon's temple and his palace. And throughout Scripture, you, you see references to the cedars of Lebanon always standing for strong uh, full of life, durable. And here we find out that when we trust in Christ so that we are made the righteous, that we can flourish like the palm tree, full of life, bearing fruit, and we can grow like a cedar that continues to grow strong and tall and big. They're massive trees, the cedars in Lebanon. It's a good thing to know that when I'm in the courtyard of God, I can flourish and, and I can grow. I wonder this morning if you are one of the people who, instead of living life fully, is, is really just kind of biding your time. Is that you? I know a lot of folks who really are just kind of biding their time until they can finally punch their, punch their card, punch that clock. Life continues around us all the time. Are you actually a part of that life? Are you living it fully? 
Remember what Jesus said, the reason he came? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. That means full. He intends us to experience flourishing life, growing life. By the way, if you're not growing, you're not really living. Once you get to the place where you think you've got life figured out and you've grown, you've matured, you're there. You just cheated yourself out of a whole lot more life. We continue to grow. We continue to flourish. We continue to bear fruit. We continue to learn. Life is full and we want to experience it at its fullest. We can do that in God's courtyard. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Notice he says that you were over yonder dead in your trespasses. Before Christ, we are physically alive but spiritually dead because the wages of sin is death. And until we take care of our sin problem, we are in death. But this verse reminds us that God being rich in mercy means we didn't deserve it. And because of his great love for us that he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he plucked us up out of that dead garden and transplanted us into his own courtyard. He made us alive with Christ. That's an exciting experience. And you and I who have experienced that should celebrate it every day by living full, abundant, and free lives. You see, you can flourish and grow in God's courtyard. We want to make sure that we are not like the people described in Jude chapter uh, verse 12. Fruitless trees in late autumn Twice dead, uprooted. Twice dead, you die physically, and if you've never come to life spiritually, then you die spiritually too, twice dead. That's not for us. We want to be God's people. We want to trust in the Lord so that he can change us, he can transplant us from the dead world into the living courtyard of God. You can flourish and grow in God's courtyard. Secondly, I want you to notice that in God's courtyard, you can live close to God. We understand God in many ways because he is so big that he is, he is impossible, it is impossible for our finite minds to comprehend an infinite God. It is impossible for our little human brains to, to fully comprehend the greatness, the awesomeness of the creator, the Lord of all. And so because we can't fully understand him, we understand many bits and pieces, trying to, trying to put it together in a way that makes sense for us. And so one of the interesting things in my mind is that we know that God is transcendent. He is beyond us. He is higher and greater and far beyond all of us. Any any capability to, to fully understand him or even to completely relate to him. He's transcendent. But at the very same moment, while he is transcendent, 
he has chosen to condescend. He has chosen to come down to our experience, to our lives, so that we can interact with him and know him in a personal way. That's just amazing that God could be both at the same time, far beyond us, and yet very close to us. Those who find life in Jesus Christ, who are made righteous, get to live in God's courtyard, which means we're right next to him. I've shared with you before that I made a, I made a mistake one time. Uh, I thought I made another one, but I was wrong about that. So. <laughs> but one time I made one of those mistakes that hangs with you and you never forget it. I was a seminary student, and I was, we were at home eating around the table, and I started kind of spouting off how smart I was. You know, a seminary student knows everything about theology and everything about the Bible and everything about God and everything about everything. And so I started spouting off with my family about how shallow the song in the garden, it's shallow and it's selfish and you know, it's, it's, it's not very good theology, and the table got immediately silent. And I realized that's my mama's favorite hymn. We played that hymn again at her funeral. And that was, the, that was really the only time during the service that, that it became very emotional for me, very difficult. Because we played that song and I remembered how I had disrespected her favorite hymn. And you know, now that I'm in my mid-50s, I realize that there's a whole lot I don't know. And I also realize how meaningful it is to sing, he meets me there and he walks with me and he talks with me. He cares about me. When I go through that garden and the dew is on the roses and I hear a voice, what voice is it? It's the voice of Jesus talking to me. He he knows me. He cares. What great and powerful strength that provides for me in life. The amazing thing is when when you're in God's courtyard, you, you can live close to him. Verse 13 says they are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God, connected to him, close to him. Colossians chapter one says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Again, he has transplanted us picked us up out of the darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son so that we can be close to him again. It is what Paul called the ministry of reconciliation. He explains how we can be reconciled to God, brought back into his presence to live in his courtyard. Understand that when he talks about these righteous who live in the courtyard of God, he is not talking about the people who hang out at the church. He is talking about people who were changed by Christ and live for him every day. They are the ones who are close to God. Now, those who are close to God want to be 
a part of the church. But he's not saying that you get close to God by showing up. He's saying the way that you get close to God is by being declared righteous, and that happens through a relationship with Jesus Christ. In Psalm 24, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Who gets to be planted in his courtyard? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And you know that you don't have clean hands and a pure heart unless Jesus has cleaned you up. That's how we know that we get to be close to God, living in his courtyard. The third thing that I hope you'll notice is that in God's courtyard, you can stay green even when you're gray. You can stay green even when you're gray. Look at verse 14. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. I actually like the King James in this verse because it, it literally translates one, one word that I like a lot in this, in this case. It would say they're still, they still bear fruit in old age. They are fat and green. <laughs> See, I live a biblical life. <laughs> that word fat, it just means full. And so the more modern translations explain that by, by explaining that that fatness was used to describe a tree that was full of sap. They still bear fruit in old age. There are some trees that bear fruit early on and have a couple of good seasons and then they're pretty much done and then they're just kind of hanging out until they're finally firewood. But the trees planted in God's courtyard are like the flourishing palm trees, the, the date palms. The, these continue to bear fruit. They stay strong. They stay full of sap. Sap is that which provides life. And they are green. Even, it says, even in old age, you know, physically as we age, we slow down, we get weaker. But spiritually, we can stay healthy even in old age. I'm about to make somebody mad, so here's the warning. If you have decided that you've done your time, you've served the Lord, you've served the church, and now it's time to, to kind of retire from God's service and sit back and let the younger ones do it. If you have put yourself in that position, you're not only cheating yourself of blessing, you are also not fulfilling God's purpose for your life. I'm convinced that if you're still here, you're still here on purpose. There is still something. Now, maybe you can't do all you used to do. 
Maybe you used to do all the heavy lifting on the properties committee and you used to haul stuff and you used to work with your hands. And maybe you can't do that anymore, but you can still bear fruit. Scripture tells us if we're in God's courtyard, even into old age, we can bear fruit. That fruit might look different. That fruit might be the fruit of encouraging others to say to the, those younger folks, you've got this. Maybe that fruit is... is, is shows up in your life as you are praying for the ministries around you. There are all kinds of ways to continue to bear fruit, but never does it say that you bear fruit until you reach a place where then you get to be on God's retirement plan. No, when we are in God's courtyard, we get to stay green and continue to bear fruit and be full of sap, full of life spiritually, even when our body doesn't show it. I love Paul Powell when he, was, uh, when he was among us. He was a, a leader of uh, Texas Baptist particularly, but he was a leader of, of really anybody that he was around. Uh, had such great respect for, for Paul, a statesman. He met a retired pastor in Arkansas who preached on his 100th birthday. And he asked that pastor who preached on his 100th birthday, how do you live to be 100? And the pastor said, you get to be 99 and then you're very careful. <laughs> I love it because that, that, that answer implies I just keep living, you keep going, you keep doing. There's not a time where we say, I've done my part and it's over. No, we get to keep bearing fruit. God still is using us all the way through. He may use us in different ways, but he keeps giving us spiritual life when our physical bodies are starting to slow down. Our spiritual lives are just picking up and we get to continue to bear fruit all the way through. James Garfield said, if wrinkles must be written upon our brows... Let them not be written upon the heart. The spirit should not grow old. And the promise here is when you're in God's courtyard, the spirit doesn't grow old. You continue to bear fruit and continue to flourish. When I was a kid, I was a Boy Scout. And one of the things that you learn early in, in Boy Scouts is that when you're going to build a campfire, you only get dead limbs and dead logs. You don't get green limbs for the, the fire. A couple of reasons for that. One is the green limbs don't burn as well. But more importantly, if you take a green limb, you're taking life. And we don't take life. When they first started telling me that, I looked at the tree and the branches, the limbs were covered in bark, they were brown, they weren't green, and I didn't understand what they meant. There's dead and there's green, but these aren't green. You take one of those green limbs off, it, it looks the same as the dead one maybe on the outside. You, you, you take it off and you look inside and, and there is the life, inside there is the green. And so you quickly learn to tell the difference by the way it moves, by the way it, it looks. It does look different. You can tell the difference. The green, however, is on the inside. You can't see it right off. 
And so what I figured out is, as we age, we all kind of start looking like we're aging. But some of us are still green on the inside. When you live in God's courtyard, because you've trusted in Christ and you're continuing to live your life for him, then you can continue to bear fruit for him. What does that mean, bear fruit? Well, among other things, let me remind you of what Paul said that fruit is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. As we begin to age in our, in our walk with Jesus, in our, in our life with God, we're planted deeply, uh, we're, we're rooted deeply in his courtyard. Uh, we're planted by him and we continue to grow even in our old age, we can continue to love and have joy and be at peace and share that peace with others. We can be patient. We can be kind and good and faithful and gentle. We can have self-control because we are bearing the fruit of one that is alive in the courtyard of God. And then finally, I want to share with you that in God's courtyard, you can tell what you know. In God's courtyard, you can tell what you know. You see in verse 12, it said, the righteous flourish like the trees. And in verse 13, they're planted in God's courtyard. In verse 14, they bear fruit even into old age. Verse 15 tells us why. To declare, that word to could be in order that. In order that they will declare that the Lord is upright. They could say, he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The reason that we can be planted in his courtyard and we can experience a full, abundant life all the way into old age, the reason for that is so that then we can turn around and tell others how they can find the same life we found. But you know, the truth is you can only tell about what you know. You can only tell about what you know. And so those who live in the courtyard and stay in God's courtyard and grow in that, they experience life in a more full way than others and they know what it means to be in God's presence and they can share that with those around them. Job 12 and 12 says, Wisdom is with the aged and understanding in length of days. When you've been living in God's courtyard for a while, you understand, you know what it means to be in his presence. You know what it means to say morning by morning, new mercies I see. And because you know it, you can tell it. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. Matthew Henry said, it is a debt which the old disciples of Christ owe to the seceding generations to leave behind them a solemn testimony to the power, pleasure, and advantage of religion and the truth of God's promises. Matthew Henry says, it's a debt that we owe those who are coming behind us to tell them the truth about what we know because we've been living in the courtyard of God.